Hi, and welcome to Mental Health Monday. I'm Dr. Sabrina Black. So glad that you're able to check in with me today. Today's topic is on grief and loss. Whew. And as I say that, I'm just overwhelmed by the thought of it because there is literally so much loss all around us. When we think about grief and loss, we tend to think of death, death of a person, and there has been death among death amongst death. But there are also other types of losses. There's the loss of mobility. There's the loss of employment. There's the loss of finances. There's the loss of freedom. There's a loss of relationships. And so there are numerous losses that people are experiencing right now. But I know that death is the loss that is hurting people the most. That's where we are most brokenhearted. That's where we are dealing with the greatest level of anguish. You know, we've heard it said before that there's a time to weep and a time to laugh and a time to mourn and a time to dance. But I gotta tell you, in the times we're living in right now, things are so crazy that it is hard to know what time it is. And you just can't tell time by your watch. You can't even tell time by the seasons. It snowed the other day after tax time. I mean, so who would expect snow in the middle of April? So again, the times are confusing times. The times seem to be conflicting. It's almost as though the whole world is crying out because of the times. And we do need to know the times that we're living in. But when I think about the times and I think about the grief and loss that people are dealing with, when I think about the level of anguish that people are experiencing, it is hard to even know where to begin. And so I don't even know if I need to define grief. I mean, I think so many people are experiencing loss at a level and at a magnitude that they haven't before that I don't know that they need a definition. Because the truth is, grief is that overwhelming feeling that we have, that, that symptom of emptiness, that, that almost like somebody hits you in the chest and it's like you're gasping for air. And, and I think about the number of personal friends that I've lost, the number of family members that have died, the friends of friends that have died, the friends of clients that have died, just death upon death. We know the verse, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. And we can't be in fear right now in this season, even though death is all around us because thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And I'm so thankful that I can be comforted even in this. You know, when I think about the level of grief that we're dealing with right now, it reminds me of a time I spent years ago in Africa during the AIDS epidemic. And that was before we started talking pandemics and, and, and worldwide spread of diseases. But during that time, the person that I was working with in the ministry there, in one week's time, she literally went to a funeral every day. And, and I was just overwhelmed by the thought of it. But not only did she go to a funeral every day, but on one particular day, she went to five funerals in a row. And I just thought, oh my God, we are not ready for that level of trauma. I, I didn't come prepared to, to deal with that. And, and we were there to teach crisis trauma and intervention. You know, and so I just thought, wow. But as I look back down on that time years ago, decades ago even, I realized that God was equipping me for such a time as this, that God was preparing me to be able to help people who are going through multiple losses, not just one death or one disappointment, but multiple losses. And so I'm very thankful 
to be in a position where I can help people walk through the level of pain and anguish that they're dealing with right now, because it is great. The anguish is great and the pain is real. Grief can cause forgetfulness. It, it can cause a lack of focus. It can cause you to just be overwhelmed. When you think about grieving, grieving can make you forget details and dates and overlook critical tasks. I mean, sometimes when you are grieving, you can forget to just wash your face. <laughs> I mean, when you're grieving, you can forget to cook a meal. But there are times when people are grieving is manifesting in so many different ways. It, it may be that you're overeating or that you're not eating. It may be that you have insomnia and just cannot sleep for fear of death. It may be that all you want to do is pull the covers up over you and go to sleep. It may be that you sit and stare out the window. It may be that you cry nonstop for no reason that you can point to in that moment, except for the emptiness and the longing and the loss. I think back to then and how she was able to go and be there with people and touch people. And then I think about now. Our, our situation here is so different now because we can't even be present with the people that we love and the people that we lost. We can't even be present to support the people that we know have lost someone. It used to be that we would go and take things and we would go and sit with those who are mourning and we'd hold their hands and we'd cry with them and, and we would hug and hold them. And, and so now we're having to find new ways even to be there and to be available. And so we're having to do things like connect through Zoom and through FaceTime and different social media mediums. We're, ha we're having to leave stuff on the porch, but we're having to do things a little bit differently, but we can still be there to support one another because loss is real. You know, people have heard the, the five stages that Kubler-Ross talks about from grief and loss. And we know that there is denial and isolation. And, and for some of us, we, we're still in denial. We're, we're still in shock. I mean, we can't believe that somebody we just talked to the other day is no longer here. We, we can't believe that someone that we heard was recovering has now died. They, they've died and, and people are dying all around us. You know, I, I used to tell people that the truth is, and you know it, the truth is we've been dying since the day we were born. I mean, we were born to live. And so we have to live every day in between. And even for those of us who are still yet living, that's our challenge and our charge that even though we're empty and we're hurt and it's hard, we, we, we've got to live. You know, we've got to keep moving. We have other things we have to tend to, other responsibilities we have to take care of. And so things are so different from then and now that she was able to go and be there. We can't go and be there, but we can be there. So as people are going through these stages, the first stage sometimes is just simply shock. They don't want to believe it happened. They can't acknowledge that it happened. I just heard her voice. I just saw her smile. I just looked into that person's eyes on the phone and they're not here. We, we, we move from shock or numbness or denial and isolation into anger. It's like, it ain't right. It, it shouldn't have happened. It's not fair. They should have gotten there quicker. We should have had more tests. We should have had more ventilators. We should have been able to get them to the hospital faster. And so there can be anger over how things happen. But then we go from shock and denial or anger to bargaining. It's like, God, what can I do? How, how, it should have been me. It shouldn't have been them. You know, I've lived longer. They had so much life left to live. And so we go through these different phases from bargaining to depression. And in depression, we just, we just don't want to move. We just don't want to go on. It's just, it's just this overwhelming sadness till we finally accept that it happened. 
it, it's interesting. I, I was talking to uh, a veteran the other day. Uh, they survived uh, Vietnam War. And I, I was sharing with them. I said, you know, there is so much death all around me. And I was trying to tell them about somebody I knew that died. And they said, you don't have to mention their name. And I was taken aback and I was thinking, what do you mean I'll have to mention their name? Don't you want to know who it was? Because this is somebody who was important to me. And they said, put their name on a list. And I thought, whoa, what do you mean put their name on a list? And they said, Sabrina, let me tell you, Doc, in the war, and that's where we are right now. It's like being in a war. We didn't have time to stop and even grieve our losses. You couldn't afford to stop and cry for the guy who got shot next to you because you had to still be actively engaged. You couldn't stop and just fall apart. And, and I gotta tell you that that's kind of where we are right now. The losses hurt. People are losing mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and grandmas and aunties and uncles and grandpas and cousins and friends. We are losing so many people so rapidly that what they said was almost true. We don't have time to stop and grieve because we're trying to keep going. We're trying to figure out what to do next. We're trying to figure out how to handle it. And there is just so much to do. And so even though we're grieving now only slightly, there's going to come a point where we're going to have to grieve again because there's nobody to clean up the things that were left behind. There's nobody to go into the house right now and set things in order. There's nobody to tend to the business. And so we, we have to grieve now and know that there will be a second wave of grief. Grief does not happen in cute little stages. I mean, so we got the five stages of Kubler-Ross, but it doesn't happen linearly. It's not one thing, then the next thing, then the next thing. You may go in and out of depression. You may go in and out of denial. You may, you may realize, oh my God, did that really happen? And so don't expect it to all be smooth. Grief is really like a tangled ball of emotion. You know, I have this ball I want to show you here, and I don't know how it's going to actually come out on the screen, but can you see that there? And so when you look at this ball of emotion, that this grief ball, it basically shows you how the grief is like a tangled ball, like twine all wrapped up together. And right at the core, there's this empty space that you initially begin to twist and twist and twist and twist. And as it's all balled up, you have to unravel that at some point. And it's gonna take some time to unravel all those emotions. And you may feel everything all at once. And so don't expect that today is gonna to be the day you're gonna be sad all day long. You may be sad, you may be angry, you may be in denial, you may feel abandoned, you may be distressed, you may be in despair, you may be laughing all in the same hour in the same conversation with somebody. You may feel like you are losing your mind. But I want to let you know that all of that is normal. That is to be expected when you are going through grief. When you are dealing with the level of loss that we're dealing with right now, it should be expected that your emotions will be all over the place. And that's okay. So please don't feel like you have to apologize for where you are and how you're feeling. I think about those people who are on the front line, our healthcare workers, our first responders, you know, our, our grocery store clerks, our delivery people, those people who have to be out there in the midst of it. We hear about what's happening. Some of them are witnessing what happened day in and day out, and they are overwhelmed with the grief. And so just know in this point, we need to be kind to one another, be gentle with one another, encourage one another, love on one another, because life is going to need to be unraveled at some point. 
Whew, I know, Jesus, help us. I, I gotta tell you, grief is a process and grief is a journey and grief is a part of life. You can endure it. You can make it through it. And grief will actually cause you to grow, even though it seems strange to say. And so if somebody you know is going through and dealing with multiple losses, whether it's the loss of a loved one or the loss of mobility or the loss of good health or uh, the loss of freedom, whatever type of losses they may be dealing with, listen, don't try to tell people what they should and should not feel. Don't try to correct people's emotions, but let people have their emotions. Let them feel what they feel. Let them be where they are. And, and, and please don't, don't give faulty reassurances. And, you know, and I know a lot of times we mean well with the things we say, but sometimes silence is best. Sometimes just being present with people, holding the phone with them, to just being there to listen as they talk about the lost days experience. You know, my, my prayer is that, that the Lord would teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom, that we may be satisfied with his mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad in all the days of our lives. We have really been dying since the day we were born. So we got to number our days and we have to realize that tomorrow is not promised. And so we, we have to process the grief. We have to move on at some point. It doesn't have to be today or tomorrow or anytime soon, because we're going to be dealing with this for a lot of days to come. But we do want to be in a position where we can comfort those who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Sion and to bestow a crown on them, a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. You know, I'm currently offering a grief group that's going on right now. It's an eight-week group, and you or somebody you know may need support during this season, somebody just to walk alongside them and to help them deal with what they're going through, to help them process their emotion, help them talk it out. I'm offering a group for adults as well as a group for children on two different days. But if you would like to sign up for that group or get more information about it, you can go to www.ineedgriefcounseling.com. Or you can just go to my website, drsabrinablack.com. But I'm available. I thank God that he has equipped me and trained me and raised me up for such a time as this, that I'm actually in a position to help. And I do want to be here to provide hope, provide help, provide healing for you as you're going through this. Because grief is a reality of our lives. Grief is something we're going to be dealing with for a lot of days to come. And we're all in this together. We all have a part to play. And I want to do my part by helping you walk through what it is that you're going through. So feel free to reach out to me. Again, drsabrinablack.com on the website. You can also find me on Psychology Today's website, Dr. Sabrina Black, or go to that website and sign up for a grief group that's coming up. The next set of groups will be starting up in May, uh, the first week in May on a Monday night from 6 to 7.30. And then uh, the children's group is on Friday afternoons from 3 to 4.30. So if, again, if you're interested in that, sign up. But do know that I love you, I care about you, I'm here for you. So if you're going through and you need help, please reach out. Hope, help, and healing is available. We're all in this together.